We've been talking about generosity and giving, and uh, I want to read you a couple of uh, portions of Scripture that will set the tone for us. We read it earlier, but it, it, in the New King James it says it this way in Proverbs 22 and verse 9, He who has a generous, what? I will be blessed. And some of you have an eye for talent. Uh, Lindsay can sing. What a, what a wonderful voice she has. Great talent. Shares it with us often. Some of you might have an eye for fashion. Some of you might have an eye for food. Some of you might have developed an eye of generosity. You go around, you say, God, who can we bless today? So what do we have that you could use to make a difference? And when you have a generous eye, the scripture says that you will be blessed. In the first week of our study, we looked at, the, at a verse in Luke chapter 6, where it says, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. When we give, it will be given to you. It's more blessed to give than to receive, and it does not necessarily mean if you give more money that you're going to get more money. Though sometimes that's what we hear. But it does mean that when you are generous, you will be blessed. You will receive back blessings from God. Amen. All right. And then here's the bottom line. Satan, our enemy, cannot stop the blessing of God. What he can do is try to distort our blessings. And distort them from our relationship with God. He's very good at distorting that relationship and our understanding of the blessings from God. And I want to show you two wrong attitudes about how Satan distorts our relationship with God. First one is pride. Jesus come, confronted this attitude of pride head on when he dealt with the church in Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3. Verse 17, when he says, You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. You're proud of what you have, but you've forgotten the source of everything you have. That was the church at Laodicea. And honestly, it's the way a lot of people respond to the blessings of God. I earned this. I deserve this. I worked for this. Other people, I mean, after all, other people are lazy, but I'm not. I'm entitled to this. Who do we have an entitlement mentality in our culture today? You can also see pride showing up in people who really don't have much. And you hear them say things like this, well, if if only I had what you had. I guarantee you I could manage it better than you're doing. Or you might say, if I had all these blessings, well, listen, I would. And then you finish the statement. But it's pride. I deserve this. It's all about me. And when in reality those who demonstrate pride relating to the blessings of God have forgotten that every perfect gift comes from 
Fill in the blank for me. God. Every perfect gift comes from God. And we must never forget it. People with pride have forgotten the source of all blessings. That they come from our Heavenly Father. So that's the first wrong response. It's pride. And the second one is shame. Some are proud. Some are a little more embarrassed. They feel guilty. We see this in Genesis chapter 32. And verses 9 and 10. Then Jacob prayed, O Lord, who said to me, I will make you prosper. Verse 10. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you've shown your servant. One of the struggles that I've always had in my life is being shameful that I've been forgiven of my sins. Well, that's going to come to as a shock to some of you. Because, see, I wasn't taught early on that when I... My sins were forgiven. When I surrendered to the cross, I now am in victory. I have victory over sin. And He can't bother me anymore because the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus covers all of my sin. I don't have to backtrack. I don't have to sacrifice anymore because it's been done once for all at Calvary. Amen? And so it's a, it's a liberating thing to know that you're saved. <laughs> Burden's been lifted at Calvary, Calvary, Calvary. Amen. That's exciting. It's exciting to see what God can do. Some would say, I've earned it, I deserve it. And then there are those who say, I'm embarrassed, I don't deserve all these blessings. You kind of see that played out in stuff that people have. I mean, they may have a designer shirt. You say, hey man, that's a great shirt. And they'll, they'll, the emblem's on there that kind of gives it away that's a little more expensive than most. And you oh, yeah, man, I got it at such and such a store, and here's the brand, and, you know, yada, yada. And then there's those that would say about the same shirt, oh, yeah, well, it's nothing. I, I mean, I got it at half price. I you know, found it, you know, at a secondhand store. Because they're a bit ashamed about what God's done for them. Cars are that way. Cars are that way. Well, I, you know, mine's that boy, I got a, t- t- a 2010 model, and man, it's tricked out, and whoo, man, it's a, it's a dandy. Then there's others, oh yeah, well, you know, mine's about 11 years old, you know, you know bad tire, but you know, I'm, I'm going to make it. Uh, you know. <laughs> and they get a little embarrassed about it. I mean, somebody might come up to you and say, Preacher, you, you're, you're blessed with a great wife, and I say, Sure. But I don't turn around and say, Well, I got her at half price. I'm telling you. I, I already knew I was in trouble when I had that in here. I've tended to live on this. I'm moving on. I've tended to live in the side of shame. Grew up believing. See, if I didn't say all this stuff, y'all wouldn't have anything to listen to. And you don't listen to me anyway, right? Oh, every word. <laughs> I know it. So does she. I grew up believing in the haves and the have-nots. I always felt that if you somehow got a lot, you must have been an evil person or you stepped on somebody or you used, manipulated your way to the top. To gain success, you were the, the success you were enjoying, somehow if you have material blessings, you can't really honor God because you have so much. It's hard to focus on God in a, in a proper way. God brought this home to me in the two trips that I made to Juarez, Mexico on mission trips. 
the first one we went on, and, and, and it was our first time to go as a church. And I'll never will forget this trip. We, got, we bought supplies for the preacher family. And uh, we bought them at Sam's. Big bags of beans and flour and all kinds of stuff. Potatoes. And uh, I like it. as big of bags of stuff as we could take, we took over. And we're not supposed to be able to take that from America into Mexico. And I asked Eric Hupp at that time, who was the, mission, uh, the missionary at SAM, I said, Eric, what if we get caught? He said, I haven't so far. I said, that's not my question. He said, well, let's see. So I'm in the car with him with the stuff. So I figure I'm going to some Juarez jail, you know. Hello, praise God. I don't, I don't think they'll let me have one call. <laughs> so we go up, light turns green, and we keep going. And I said, praise God, we got in. But when we unloaded that food, and all it was was food. We just unloaded food for this preacher's family. She teared up. She started crying. And so she got about the business of making lunch for us that day. And it was just awesome. Uh, I, I can't eat a lot of fried potatoes, but that day I ate fried potatoes. Because I noticed that she had this big blue can of lard up on top of the stove and a cast iron skillet. And she was had propane and she was cooking fried potatoes in that lard. And brother, Berlin was there. He remembers how it was. It was good stuff. She made homemade tortillas. I mean, she poured it on for us. Because she had nothing, but she gave her very best. The second trip I took that really touched my heart, we, were, we took toy bags to give out to the kids in the mission who climb a 200-foot cliff to come to school there. And we had some left over. So we were driving through town, and we were noticing three kids playing in the dirt front yard. And so we held the bags out, and they ran over to grab them. And one of them was a little girl. And the little girl looked up at me and held up her arms just like this. And I just, I looked at her and spit on her, and I said, get away from me, you dirty, mangrel-looking thing. Ed and Lindsay were behind me in that van. And I barely could make it because I, I had tears just flowing. <laughs> I wanted to just pull her on into the van and take her with us. I hugged her, and I may never, ever see her again. But God taught me how blessed I am and how blessed we are. And it's unbelievable. That's why we go on these trips. That's why you need to, you need to go on these trips. You need to see it and how blessed we are. Because God taught me in those two instances and many other times, He's taught me how to be a gracious receiver. Because being a gracious receiver is almost as important as being a gracious giver. Because if I can't receive a blessing, I've robbed you of the joy in giving that gift. Are you with me? Now, I'm not saying stand on the corner and go, here I am, give me all you want. No, 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 no. But when somebody does, be a gracious receiver. And I think it must crush God when my pride shows up. And I say stuff like, I deserve this. We don't deserve anything. Because every good and special gift comes from God. The problem comes when we have a dysfunctional relationship with the blessings. And we believe we have earned all of them. And they're all for us. 
But I want to challenge you to remember, because you have all said that you are exceedingly blessed, we started out by you telling me you're exceedingly blessed, I want to challenge you to remember why God blessed you. He didn't bless you because you deserve it or earned it. He didn't bless you to feel bad. He blessed you with a purpose. And now I want to give you some scripture that will help get us focused on that purpose. We start by, with Paul in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 11. He says, you will be made what? How? Rich in every way so that you can be on. And through us, your generosity will, will result in. Well, let's look at this. This is a great verse. You will be rich in how many ways? Not just money. Time, talent. We had a work day yesterday. We have some talented people in this church. We do. We do. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I noticed a lot of you have been over at the Wall of Fame over here. <laughs> That's our family portrait wall. Every house has family portraits hanging, right? Well, here they are over here. And I don't have all of them in there. We're, get, we're still, we're minus a few, but we'll get them in there. And don't go over there and go, oh, that's an ugly picture, and pull it down. That's not what, no, 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 no. You don't get to do that. You just leave it alone. But it's a great way for you to see somebody that you've seen quite often at church and go put a name with a face. Amen? We'll have the pictorial directories ready in two weeks. It's just a little, little work to get them done. So hang in there. All right? But we will have those ready for you as well. And you can take them home, and hopefully they'll be a blessing in your life. But we're rich in every way. so that, And we're rich like that. God blesses us like that so that we can do what? Be generous on every occasion. When you go out to eat, do you tip the waitresses and waiters? Well, if they do a good job, you do. I understand that. And if you don't, you should. You should. Do you, are you a taker or are you a giver? You have to determine that. And through us, look at, look at what it says, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So as people receive the blessing and as you give that blessing, there is thanksgiving to God. We spend one time a year on Thanksgiving thanking God. You ought to thank Him every day. That's right. I don't care what's going on in Washington. I don't care what's going on in the economy. I don't care what's going on with that. I mean, in 10 years, by 2020, the prediction is that 90% of our GDP is going to be used for debt. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. I can't wait. Can't you? Because, see, you see what God's doing? Where is our total reliance going to be on? Almighty God. He's let us live the way we've chosen to live to drive us back to the cross. Smart guy, isn't he? It's funny how that works. Prodigal son's dad said, you want this? He gave it to him. He took off. Ran out of money. What did he do? Came back to the house with a repentant, humble spirit. Boy, there's a great principle there. Great principle there for us to learn. Second verse I want you to see is in Genesis 12. I will make you into a great nation, and I will, what? I will make your name great, and you will be a? I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on the earth will be? Ah. This is, a, well, preacher, that's Old Testament. Boy, but the principle is 
priceless. He says, if you follow me, I will bless you. I will make you great and you will be a blessing. Amen. And God will bless everyone on the earth through us. It's not about us, but it's through us that God gets glory. That God is honored. That God is praised. Because God has blessed us with more. We will intentionally give more. Let's repeat that. Because God has blessed us with more, we will intentionally give more. Let's say that one more time. Because God has blessed us with more, we will intentionally give more. And the reason I've underlined and highlighted the word intentional is that most of us are not intentional givers. Most of us are intentional consumers. I'll give you an example. We get a raise, and what's the first impulse when we get the raise? What can I buy? What can I get? Well, I've had my eye on. And a lot, of, a lot of times we got a great tax return one year, and so we anticipate that same amount's going to come back, right? So we'll go out ahead of the tax return and get something that we were planning to get with the tax return because it's going to be it's going to be this much, so I can afford it. And what happens? FICA went from that size to that size. Yeah, you got it. All of a sudden, you don't get as much back, and it's a, it's an eye opener, isn't it? Because now I've got this extra thing I just said I could pay for, and it ain't there. Don't get ahead of the game. Don't get ahead of the game. If there is something you want, we generally try to figure out how we're going to get it, don't we? But I think God is saying to us, I've blessed you so that you can be a blessing to many around the world. And it's something that we must develop in our lives. We must become intentional givers. Let me give you three types of givers that God would want us to grow to become. The first one is the spontaneous giver. Many, many people are spontaneous givers. And that's a great way to give. We had a, a gentleman when I preached at a church in Branson for a couple of years, but a gentleman there, that I'm telling you, he was wealthy. You'd never know it by the cars he drove and the way he carried himself, but that guy, that cat had money. Everything was cash only. If you wanted to buy a $10,000 car, he'd pay cash for it. I mean, wow, he just had the money. And so he told me one day, he said, Preacher, I don't tithe to the church. Well, I'm, you know, I'm just kind of young, new at it. I'm going, what am I supposed to say to you? He said, because if I tithe to the church with what I, what I make, he said, that nobody else will give. He said, I'm an intentional giver. I'm a spontaneous giver. He said, so when you're running low or you need some help, you call me and I'll take care of it. And that was a relationship we had. He was a spontaneous giver. There's a couple of uh, stories in the scripture that help us see this as well. But if you're a spontaneous giver, you, you, you're limited in the way you can give. And one example is in Luke chapter 10 when Jesus tells the story about a Samaritan that he came, and the guy came across him. He'd been beaten and he left for dead. I mean, a couple of religious guys had come by and saw him and left him and, you know, didn't, didn't help him. So the Samaritan stops because he had a generous eye. He said, I, I see a need and I'm going to meet this need. 
So he stopped by the wounded guy, put some bandages on him, put some oil on the wounds, put him on his donkey, took him to a hotel. And then look what he did and as he spontaneously gave in verse 35 of Luke 10. It says, The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. There's a generous man who's spontaneously giving. Generous. Saw a need, he met it. Another example is uh, from, from uh, a couple weeks ago was the boy with the five loaves and two fish. He spontaneously gave. Because Jesus, anybody got any food here? The boy said, well, I got some. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish and fed over 5,000 people. Twelve baskets left over. One priest disciple to carry to the boat. And the storm was going to come up and get them, get them scared to death. And Jesus walked on the water. Yeah, you know, yeah, the story goes. But they each had their basket with them <laughs> to remind them of their faith that they lost between the time of the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 and gotten on the water and the storm blew up. And three of them were fishermen. Hello. Oh, my. It's a great way to give. Spontaneously is a great way to give. And we, we do it all the time. But we are limited in our blessing to others, mainly because it's not strategic or planned. But if it's the only way you give, you'll be very limited in what you can give. Now, the next step up is what I call the strategic giver. And this is the person that says, I'm going to, I'm going to plan to be generous. In Isaiah chapter 32, in the New Living Translation, it says, But generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. Last week we talked about strategic giving. I will give my first, my best to God, and He will bless the rest. We're more blessed living on 90% with God's blessing than we are 100% without it. The tithe is my strategic gift to be a blessing to God and His purposes. My strategy is to give the tithe so as to return to the storehouse of the church as God has blessed me. I plan to be a giver with a specific goal in mind. Tithing is the beginning point in giving for every believer. It's the beginning point. I plan to be a giver with a specific goal in mind. I'm praying that you'll be a percentage giver. And you might say, what's that, preacher? Well, 10% is the beginning spot. Now I want you to look at your financial situation and, and, and I want to encourage you to, to start reaching higher. Add another 2%, add another 5%, add another 10%. Well, that could be exciting, couldn't it? But be strategic in what you're doing. Because I believe that God is, is waiting to bless you. Scripture teaches us about this. When Abraham sent a servant to find a wife for Isaac, he was strategic. He loaded up the camels with gifts to give to the father of the woman that he would find for Isaac. The wise men, when they came to find Jesus, they came bearing gifts ready to present to him. They didn't get there and go, hey, where's the Walmart, man? I need to get something for this kid. No, they didn't. They went. They had it ready to go. They brought it, strategically brought the gift to be a blessing. They had planned on what to give. Generous people plan to be generous. Develop that generous eye. There are those who will be spontaneous. Then there are those who will be strategic. And we're going to pray about that. And we're going to plan where we, where we give. That's what that person says. And then there's a third level, and that's the sacrificial giver. Now, these are the people who are absolutely nuts. They're absolutely fanatics about giving. They really are. These are the people that say, 
They truly believe and they truly realize that all we have in this world is not for us, it's not ours, but it's all for God. That's a sacrificial giver. You can be wealthy and you can still be sacrificial. A good story of Solomon in the Old Testament. Instead of sacrificing one bull when he was going to be anointed as king, he said, I want to give big. So he gave a thousand bulls. David, when he was going to offer some oxen at a sacrifice, a man named Aaronal said, Take whatever you want. But David refused, saying he wanted to pay. I will not sacrifice anything that doesn't cost me something. Well, that would be a great philosophy of life to have, wouldn't it? That would be great. I will not sacrifice anything that doesn't cost me something. I want to feel it when I give it. Most people, most people, and I mentioned the work day and the talent. We, we redid the flower beds out here, and, and I, had, I would never in my life think about how to do that. But boy, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. I need some help to, to kind of spruce up the place for next uh, Sunday, Easter Sunday, on these flower beds out here. If any of you can come up this week and pull out the weeds and trim the hedges and make them look good, boy, that would be awesome. If you don't, you don't need me to be here because that's outside, <laughs> and there's power right by this window. So just come on and get after it. That'd be awesome. God is just doing some great things. We had people working and cleaning. We found more dirt here than we knew existed. Um, one got back in the uh, uh, coffee room. My goodness, it's a, ca- it's a cave in there now. It's awesome. It's awesome. You can actually find stuff. It's amazing. It's amazing. But you see, we've got great talents. Are we worship room? Got to go see it. By the way, there's prayer cards on the, on the wall back there. Be sure and get down the hallway and get some of those picked up for the kids and, and be praying for them. We go back to the We Worship Room. We've, we kind of rearranged that. Actually, it looks like there's a, a, a work workstation, learning stations going on back there. It's awesome. It's awesome. But that comes because people spent time making it happen. We're reworking the nursery, dressing it up, making it look good. Because we got little guys that need, need some spots back there in the nursery. It'd be awesome. Might have to buy more baby beds. Is that not awesome? That is just awesome. <laughs> Being a sacrificial fiscal giver, that's where you want to go. Feel it. Don't give God the leftover. But you know, some people just don't want to feel it. But there are some who are crazy enough to say, it all came from God, and if He needs it, I'm going to give it away anyway. Beautiful story in the New Testament. Jesus talking in Matthew 12, excuse me, in Mark 12, pick it up at verse 41. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all she had to live on. One of our dear precious widows, well actually single uh, women here at the church, uh, a few weeks ago walked into my office and handed me a a small check in their mind. It was a very small check. said, it's really all I have. And my comment to that person was, you know what? Your gift is as, is as good and as big as a million dollars. Why is that? Because it came out of her heart. She came to give, to be a blessing to others, and to be a blessing to her church. Hallelujah. Now, those that can give a million, there's, there's a million blessings waiting for you. Those who can give $20, there's $20 of blessings waiting for you. Those who can give time, if you can give two hours, four hours, five hours, you can plant trees. <laughs> if you can 
clean up flower beds. Hallelujah. There's a blessing waiting. Amen? A blessing waiting for you. It's sacrificial giving. Many of us say we just don't have much to give, but in reality, we always have something to give. And we have less. It seems like if we have less, we often give the most. Fathers, we prepare to have our time of invitation. I'm asking you to move in the hearts of your people here. Help them to understand that spontaneous giving and strategic giving and sacrificial giving are goals that you want us to reach. Father, there are a number of people within this fellowship who are sacrificial givers. They give because they know that you need it and they just give it because it's not theirs to start with. So God, I'm praying, and earnestly praying that you will keep blessing them. And you will keep them focused on who you are and what you are. And God, as we've shared statistics through this series, those making less than $10,000 a year give 5.2% of their income. Those making over that up through the 25000 and, and 25000 level, they, they're giving 3.1%. And then those that are making $200,000 a year are giving less than 1%, 0 0.07. God, it's not about the amount. It's about the heart. We're so blessed. Thank you, God, for the people in this church that are such a blessing. They give and they give and they give, not only of their treasure, but of their time and their talents. God, I just pray you'll keep blessing them. Just keep blessing them. But maybe there's somebody here, God, today that realizes they've received so much and have held on to it and not given back to you like they should. God, would you wrestle with that heart and help them to know that you love them and care for them. And all of that can change instantly, instantly, instantly. God, more than anything, we love you. And we thank you for loving us, for giving the greatest ultimate gift of all gifts in your son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins on the cross. And Jesus, thank you for giving your life for us. So today, as we go into our time of invitation, would there be somebody here today that might respond? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand as we sing this song of invitation. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound.